Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. In this section, we're, in this session rather, we're going to be talking about the love of God, and we're going to be in Romans chapter five, verses one through eleven. But before we go there, I want to read a passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter two and verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy, notice this now for His great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he quickened us. In other words, he made us alive. Why did God do that? Because of his great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just ask you, Lord, if to allow the Holy Spirit to come alongside and to bless this session today. So important, Father, we talk about your great love that you have for us. And Lord, I I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice. I pray for myself, Father, both in the speaking and they in the hearing. Lord, bless it. Cause it to bear fruit. And we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, Paul also said this in Romans chapter 4. This is uh, reading verse 32 through chapter 5, verse 2. Paul says this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And you be kind one to another. Has God been kind to us? Oh, absolutely. Praise God. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. The reason God himself has poured out his love upon us is because of the love of Jesus that drove him to the cross and it's through that cross. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Our sins were nailed to that cross. Amen. And he has justified us. And we'll see this as we get into chapter five of the book of Romans. But reading on, be ye therefore, this is chapter 5, verse 1, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Now, what do you think church life would be? What do you think our communities would be? What do you think our nation would be or our world would be if we loved one another as a testimony of how Christ loved us by demonstrating his love, by giving ourselves to one another as Christ gave himself for us? That's quite a statement. Praise God. Well, this is what this session is going to be about today. Now, in the first four chapters of the book of Romans, uh, Paul proves beyond a shadow of a doubt of our inability to save ourselves, And he tells us here now in chapter five, and he gives us uh, seven conditions as a result of God's great love for us, for us. For his great love wherewith he loved us, to quote the Apostle Paul. So we're going to go ahead and start there. Now, we're going to be looking at the effects of the justification, our justification by faith in Christ, which could never, would never have been possible if it had not been for the love of God. So we'll start uh, right here in Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Now, this is the first condition 
as a result of God's love for us, what he has done in our heart. Amen. And this is a result of our faith in Christ, uh, our faith in Christ for the full pardon of our sin, and also our faith in Christ to receive the new birth, to be born again. Now, the Greek word for justify is dikeu, and this means to render just or innocent. God has rendered us just and innocent because all of our sins have been washed away. And I like the way someone described justified, just as if I had never sinned before. Well, we know we had sinned. We know that we uh, have had a fallen nature, but we also know that Jesus made us a brand new person inside. He did it. Why? Because we earned it? No. Because we deserve it? Absolutely not. He did it because he chose to love us an unconditional love. That's what agape love is. It's an unconditional love. It doesn't set preconditions in order for us to love. Now, we do that. We do that with friends. We do that with neighbors. We set a precondition. And if that person is mean and, and, and ornery and you can't get along with him and he likes to argue all the time, well, see, our, our love for him, our phileo love for him is conditioned upon his response. But see, Jesus set no preconditions other than the fact that uh, he required, as a result of his love, he did require obedience. He did say this uh, to his disciples. Now, this he's speaking to men in reaction to his love for them. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, do we love Jesus? Absolutely. Well, then we keep his commandments. Amen. And Jesus says this, just as my father has kept, you know, as I have kept my father's commandments, he says also that you are to keep his commandments also. And, and you are also to keep my commandments. And what was his command? His commandment was that we are to love one another. That's a commandment. If we love Jesus, then that's what we're going to do. And we're going to love one another with an agape love. That is a selfless love. That's a love that doesn't set preconditions. Amen. And that is a, a higher love than phileo. Phileo is a friendship love. And it, it sets preconditions, but the love of God does not. Amen. So verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, Jesus did that. He washed our sins away in his blood. Notice the second condition. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The second condition of the love of God that resulted in our new birth is that we have this overwhelming sense of peace, hallelujah, that floods our soul. Shame is gone, guilt is gone, and in this place comes this peace of God that, that Paul says passes all understanding. Praise God, hallelujah. You know, and we're, we have to, even though we're not talking about faith, particularly as a condition, although it is, amen, we have to remind ourselves that in Romans chapter 4, verse 20, Paul mentioned how Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Well, why can't we apply that same kind of faith to our own life, especially when it comes to our former life? All that's been done away with. Amen. All of it's been done away with. 
And I know that the, our thoughts and our memories of our form, former life oftentimes bring shame. But listen, that is our carnal mind that's relaying that information to our heart. That is not God. God is not shaming us. He will not shame us any anymore. Because he has rendered us just or innocent. He has washed our sins away. We are standing right now in the presence of God, innocent. <laughs> because we're in Christ's blood. We've been washed in his blood. Praise God. Amen. And Paul said this, writing to the Ephesian church, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. But going once again to verse 4, but God. See, that's our former life. But, but God is our present life. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. He quickened us according to his grace. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the first two conditions of our heart as a result of the love of God and us being born again is that we're justified and we have peace with God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Now verse 2. By whom also... We have access. Notice this. We have access. We're not going to have it one day. We have it now. That is present. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The third condition of our heart as a result of the love of God and us being born again is now we have access. And it's all a result of the new birth. We have access and we continue to have access into this grace wherein we stand. The grace of God, the manifold grace of God that is poured out upon us. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Jesus is the minister of this grace because he is our Lord Advocate General. Amen. Praise God. So he is and he continues to be our mediator. And grace is that power and that fruit. We call it fruit if we want to. It's, it's uh, one of the effects upon our heart and life that touches us. It was God's grace that called us to repentance. It was God's grace that filled us with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God, God's grace that covers us, his, his unmerited favor, praise God, and his kindness towards us. Amen. And, note, and think of all the privileges that we have now. We can come boldly under the throne of grace. Notice that throne of grace. We come boldly. We can place a demand upon all the resources of heaven that he's laid up for you and for me. Amen. And he's not going to refuse that. We come his way and all these provisions already available to us. All we have to do is place a demand upon them and then receive them uh, by faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we have justification. That's a condition of the born again child of God. As a result of God's love for us, we have peace and we have access. We can go into the throne of God and God will not deny us. He will not refuse us. 
the scepter that the ancient kings used to hold out. They nobody could approach his presence unless he held out that scepter. That scepter of the Lord Jesus Christ now has been held out to every child of God. We can go into his presence without fear of condemnation or guilt. Amen. And when we do fall and when we do sin, if we're quick to repent, if we're quick to forgive others who have trespassed against us, amen, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. Now, look at verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. Tribulations work patience. The tribulations we're talking about tests and trials. They work patience. Amen. Those testings and trials, a lot of times they're not over in a minute. They're not over in a day. They're not over in a week. They're not over in a month. But we must work patience. That's a fruit of the Holy Spirit that's in us. Amen. We work this patience, which is endurance and steadfastness. And we just stand against the test and the trial. Amen. We don't allow the test and the trial to rob us of our joy. We don't allow the test or trial. I mean, it does disturb our happiness, but it can never rob us of our joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And Jesus says, my joy. Amen. Once you have received my joy, no man can take it from you. Praise God. And then verse four says, and patience, experience and experience, hope, experience, hope, experience. What is that? It's the proving ground. Experience is the proving ground. It's what we learn. It's, it's, how, it's how we're hardened. It's, it's how our faith then becomes like steel. Amen. And we experience things that at the very first we thought, oh, you know, I don't know if I'll get through this, but we got through it. The Lord helped us. And that builds a proving in it. We're proved. Testing and trials prove us of what kind of person we actually are. Amen. We're tested, but we passed the test. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. You know, you have a soldier fresh out of boot camp, goes on the battlefield. And he if he's smart, he's going to follow his sergeant and he's going to do whatever his sergeant tells him to do. Why? Because the sergeant is a combat veteran. He knows how to fight and he knows the enemy. Praise God. Well, we just look to Jesus. He's our general. He's the captain of our salvation. We just look to him. Jesus endured testing and trial. So if Jesus did it, then we should be able to do it. Amen. Because we're all in him. And then, you know, Paul mentions about hope. That's our confident expectation. The confident expectation that Jesus is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Amen. The Lord is going to stand with us. He's going to strengthen us. Amen. And he's going to enjoin us in this fight, this good fight of faith. And we will come out victorious if we don't quit. But notice verse five. And hope makes not ashamed because. Now, we talked about shame earlier and we're going to talk about shame again because Notice this. Let me start again. Verse five. And hope does not make a shame, maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. 
See, the love of God, that's the fourth condition of our heart as a result of the new birth. We come to know God. We come to know the love of God. We can never know all about the love of God, but we have been touched. I remember, oh, it wasn't maybe a month or two after I'd gotten saved and uh, our church, you know, used to call anybody that wanted to come into the choir to sing. They would come. And at that time, the choir was full. Amen. I mean, God was doing such marvelous things in that church. And I remember the choir leader called on me to testify. And I got up and I began to testify and I, I just broke down and cried. It's because I could not comprehend how God, a God of love, had so shed abroad his love in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I was so unworthy of it. But God blessed me. Praise God. He made me his son. And that's exactly what he did with you. Amen. So don't let your carnal mind continually bother you about your past. Your past has been wiped away. It's been washed away in the blood of Jesus. Forget those things which are behind. If those thoughts of your past come into your consciousness, just ignore it. Just say, I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to think that was washed away in the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to think on things that are good. I'm going to think on things that are of good report. I'm going to think on things that are loving. I'm going to think on things that are honest and, and have a good report. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on these, not on my past. My past is gone. It's been thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Praise God. God said it. And your sins and your iniquities, I will remember no more. Praise God. Amen. And how are we able to do this? What gives us the power to do that? It's the love of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to hold our heads high. No matter what has happened, no matter what what's happened in the past. Uh, amen. We need, just need to say to ourselves, all is well. All is well. Hallelujah. Why is all well? Because God loves me. And he's given his son for me. And not only that, he loved me because of Jesus, but he testified to that love by giving me the Holy Spirit. And he's filled my heart with love. Oh, praise God, brother. Praise God, sister. Hallelujah. I tell you, God wrote such a love letter to us. It's called the Bible. And from one end to the other, he tells us constantly how much he loves us. Praise God. And also God's love never fails. I mean, listen, listen to these passages of Scripture. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. First John chapter four, verses nine through 11. And this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, that's the work of the devil. He tries to separate our consciousness from the love of God, but he can't do it. Don't let him do it. He cannot separate us from the love of God. We are in Christ's hands. We are in the Father's hands and nobody can pluck us out of his hands. And I say praise God for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, the demonstration of the agape love of Almighty God. And then finally, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. We need to say that every day when we get up in the morning and before we go to bed at night. We need to say, Beloved, now I am a son of God. Hallelujah. We are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That is a demonstration of the love of God. Hallelujah. That's why John said in verse one, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We didn't deserve that. Amen. We're unworthy of it. But Jesus made us worthy. He made us the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Nobody can take that from us. Amen. That is us in him. Praise God. And one day when he appears, we are going to be like him. Hallelujah. Think of the end result. Think of the full manifestation, the manifold grace of God, the full manifestation of the love of God that is in us, that's taking us over. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I tell you, that is such shouting ground today. Glory to God. Well, let's move on. Verse six. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were weak, when we were without strength, we didn't have the strength to reach up to God. He had to, through the preaching of the gospel, he had to reach down to us. He had to grant us enough strength so that we could lift ourselves up in prayer to God and in repentance, receiving the full measure of God's grace and love for us called the new birth. He died for us. We were the ungodly. Christ and his great love were with he loved us. He died for us. Hallelujah. He did all of that. Why? Because he loves us. For scarcely, verse 7, for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. L-O-V-E, the greatest message that this world has yet to hear is that God commended his love for us by hanging his son upon a cross. Hallelujah. Taking all of our sins and sickness and disease and poverty and death and all and all of that and nailed it to the cross so that we could be free from it. Hallelujah. And then verse nine, one of my favorite verses, 
9 and 10, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. This is the fifth condition. Amen. Of the born again child of God as a result of his love that, that he has promised us that we shall be saved from wrath through him. God is saving you. He has saved you. He's saving you now and will save you from the wrath to come. Amen. Now, you may be in a strict holiness church that preaches you sin one time and you're going to die and go to hell. Don't believe it, friend. Don't believe it because none of us are perfect. We fall often. But now that we're growing up in the things of God, we don't fall as often as we used to. Amen. Hallelujah. The things that used to trip us up, we just pass on by them. We just just fly right over them and pass on by them. Why? Because we're becoming more. Uh, the love of God has become more of a reality in our heart and life. Faith now is becoming more of a reality in our life. We're growing up. We're growing up to full maturity. But now I love in verse nine, I love the way this verse starts off much more. Romans is the much more gospel. And this is the first use of much more. I love it. Praise God. As a matter of fact, much more is mentioned five times in this one chapter, five times and then seven times throughout uh, the epistle of the Romans. Five speaking to us of the grace of God. Seven speaking to us of God's complete work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Didn't Paul write to the Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10 and said, ye are complete in him? The full measure of salvation is at work in us right now. There's nothing more that needs to be done. Now, we do need to go on and exercise all the benefits of salvation. We need to go on and continue uh, to uh, uh, allow the holiness of God to work perfect in us. We need to grow in the grace of God. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. All these are, are things that God adds to us. Amen. Hallelujah. As a result of the love of God touching our hearts and us receiving the grace of God. Hallelujah. Verse 10 again. For if when we were enemies... Well, let's go back to verse nine. I don't think I read that verse out much more than being now justified by his blood. Yes, I did read it. Well, we read it again. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You're not going to be touched by the tribulation, my friend. If you're a born again child of God and you're doing everything that you can to stay in faith of Christ, you may not be doing it perfectly, but I'm telling you, God is in you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is working in you. You're a born again child of God. Amen. And when that trumpet blows, you're going to be gone. And if, and if the trumpet doesn't blow before you wind up in the grave, you're going to be present with Jesus. You will be saved from the wrath to come. And don't let anybody tell you that you're not because you are. Praise God. And then verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. This is the second use of much more being reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice that reconciled to God. Saved by his life. And then we'll finish up in verse 11. And not only so, but also we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Joy is the sixth condition 
of our born again life as a result of the love of God. Joy that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting how that when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, he talks about, he mentions love first, but then joy second. Praise God. Love and joy. Love and joy. And then the seventh condition of our heart as a result of the love of God pouring the new birth into us. And not only so, but you also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, the reconciliation. Amen. The fact that old things are passed away and that all things are become new. We're a child of God. And all this is because of his great love wherewith he loved us. So don't discount that love. Amen. Yield to that love. Yield to the love of God. Let it pour out of you. Let the love of God that's in you pour out to others. Hallelujah. And realize this, that you are a child of God. And that means that you are a child of love. Father, I bless you and praise you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for your great love or with you loved us. Hallelujah. And we give you thanks and praise, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. That's over all of your works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.